Welcome to the podcast for WGTS Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can learn more about us and hear more messages at mygatewayfellowship.com. There are many times when a person goes through something difficult, they will come across a Bible passage and they will say that that passage now makes sense to me. Have you heard that? Have you had that experience? Maybe some of you. Something that, that you've read before a hundred times and somehow it had never made sense until you had gone through a certain experience. Well, I have to be honest with you here today. I had the exact opposite experience happen to me. A few weeks ago, um, we had decided to um, dedicate these next three weeks through the message of giving thanks. And you'll see that will be kind of the the loose theme throughout the um, uh, rest of this month. And so uh, it was my turn to speak. And so it came across with giving thanks. And as I was going across different, different texts and different Bible verses, a certain text that I had heard so many times that I had used so many times, but for the first time, it was hard for it to make sense to me. The text is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. This is what Paul had written to the church. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul is challenging us to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I'm here to say that when things are going good, Oh, that verse is so good. You can pull it out and praise the Lord. But when things aren't going good, that's where the challenge, for me at least, with this verse. Our message, if we had to have a title today, would be called Give Thanks Anyway. It was almost 18 months ago. My sister who what many would call had the dream job. She worked for an organization known as the Party Club of Beverly Hills. What was her job? A professional party planner for the stars. In fact, people would go to her to even have their presents wrapped. Paris Hilton had given her little sister a present and had gone in and she wanted Brenda Johnson to do the wrapping. All I will tell you is this, that it cost more to wrap the present than what the present was actually worth. Can you imagine a job like that? Holly Berry had her baby shower. The first one she called to help organize, she wanted a certain uh, theme, color theme, black and white. And so she called Brenda Johnson in to decorate her whole backyard where they were having the party at. All the presents 
And so funny, if you were invited to Holly Berry's party, this is the thing, and it doesn't make sense to us ordinary people. But what she would do is that if you're going to bring a present, then they will send you a card to a professional gift wrapper, which was my sister. And if you're going to bring a present, it better be wrapped in the colors that they want for the party. Does that even make sense? And so my sister would have different prints. Just, I'm just using Holly Berry as an example because she's the one um, I was interested in learning about how her <laughs> wedding was at that time. But um, <laughs> but she had Holly had come in and picked out four different patterns, four different uh, wrappings. And so you came in with your present, or you simply have the store call, and they had to bring the present in one of those four wrappings. And I, I still don't know why people would even do that, but that's what my sister did. Now, my sister Brenda would often call me every Sunday morning, and she would talk about, what are we going to do for mom's 80th birthday? And she says, you know, I've been doing this now for almost 20 years, and I just want to give mom the best party planning I can do. I want to make a little bit of Beverly Hills in Portland, Oregon for her with a little Louisiana flavor on it. And so um, um, and that's all my sister was talking about. I mean, it was a year before the party. When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? What are we going to do? Who's coming? And finally, we um, the day came and we organized a big party. And I tell you, it was absolutely fantastic. And what made it even better is that all my brothers and sisters and all my parents are from Louisiana. I was the only one born in Northwest. And that was the same year the Saints were in the Super Bowl. Yes. And so our place, we were just ecstatic, ecstatic and everyone was just so thrilled that not only was mom's 80th birthday, but the New Orleans Saints are going to be in the Super Bowl. And I tell you, we had a party of parties. Well, the party ended. I flew home on Monday, and then all the other guests started to fly back to their different places. My sister, for some strange reason, who would have never done this in a 100,000 years, she called her work and said, you know what? I'm going to stay an extra week here. And her employer was saying that you understand that you have to be, you have three big parties coming up. She says, I don't know. I'm just going to stay here. She says, you're going to lose thousands of dollars. She says, I'm just going to stay here. And so my sister stayed. And as a result of her staying that extra day, I uh, stayed a little bit longer and I stayed that extra day. We spent the whole day together, hung out, did stuff, took her to some of my favorite restaurants there in Portland, as Darren can tell you there, good food in Portland, Oregon. And we had just a good time. And then my sister connected with my brother who's there and they hung out. They went walking every single day, hung out with my aunts and uncles and everything was just 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 fine. And then on Saturday morning, my niece called me, who's my sister's 38-year-old daughter, and said, uh, uh, um, 
no, um, 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 mom came back Friday night, but I've been, I talked to her Friday, and she's supposed to be uh, putting together a big Super Bowl party, and I can't mention the person's name who was the party she was putting on, but she was putting on a big Super Bowl party, and they said that she has not even come and picked up the list yet. But I know she has got home on Friday, and so maybe I'm just seeing if she called you or anything. And all I can tell you is this, is that my sister, my niece went over there that afternoon and my sister was passed away in her bed. Peaceful. She had just fallen asleep Friday, apparently had a brain aneurysm and just kept sleeping. And I remember when I first heard that news, I was thinking, Lord, you know, she's the healthy one of the family. She's the one that walks every day. Even in cold Portland, Oregon, she would get up and walk her five miles faithfully. Brown rice, very little meat. And then the situation gets a little bit more interesting. While my sister was there, she had called me uh, probably on Wednesday. And she had said, Terry, we got to get your brother to the doctor. Uh, both of our brothers, same mom, same dad. But she says, he won't listen to me, so he's no longer my brother. And she, I remember her saying that. And um, to make a long story short, after my sister had passed away, and me hearing the symptoms that my brother now had, I immediately flew back to Portland and made him go to the doctor where they discovered that he had stage four colon cancer. Just hearing that just one week after we had buried my sister. And as some of you know, my brother passed away around nine weeks ago. And so when I took out that text for this message today, give thanks. I said, Lord, how can we give thanks in all circumstances? Years ago, in a little private college I went to called Oakwood College down in Huntsville, Alabama, I almost got suspended from the religion department. And let me tell you why. I wrote a paper, and the paper was entitled, God is Not Fair. And I've shared this with some of you before, and I remember that the uh, dean of the department, he said, Terry, you got to take that. You're, 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 you're going to be a pastor. You can't go around saying God's not fair. What was interesting is that he, they didn't even really read the paper because if they would have really read it, they would have understood what I was saying. What I was saying is that from an earthly point of view, from me being a human being with not the privilege of knowing the future or knowing how everything ties together, if I just look at certain circumstances, it's not fair as a human. And if they would have read the paper even farther, they would have understood. I was saying that that is not the time for us to quit because 
that is a time that we are to really study more and try to figure out what God is trying to tell us. Now, I discovered that this, and this is stuff in a quote that I'm just going to read to you, that learning to thank God anyway is one of the hardest things that you will ever learn to do. And what does that mean? What do I mean learning to thank God anyway? I mean learning to thank him in all circumstances, even though you don't understand it. But getting to the point where you say, Lord, I'm going to make a conscious decision to understand that you have my back. Even though I cannot see it right now. And I will tell you that when I think about my brother and sister passing away, that's the only thing that gives me hope. Is to realize that I'm making a conscious decision to still trust God. And that's my challenge for you here today. That if you haven't gone through anything tough, or if you're about to go through something tough, that there are some times where you're going to have to just make a conscious decision. God, I trust you, and I don't understand. And that's okay. You see, what God wants from you, if there's one consistent thing in the Bible, is that God hates his hypocrisy. What he likes is for you to be honest with him. He doesn't mind you being mad at him. He doesn't mind you saying, I don't understand. This just doesn't make sense to me, Lord. But what he wants you to do is to be real with him. There are some times you have to go in your closet and just cry out to the Lord with your whole heart. And it's no one's business but yours and his. And it's okay in those times to say, Lord, From my point of view, it just doesn't look fair. But I'm going to make a conscious decision to still choose you. There's a story that's been said in many different ways, and I think it brings all this together. Um, You've heard it in different ways. I'd just like to share it to you the way it was told to me. It's a story of a farmer and this particular farmer, he didn't have much money. He was just a simple farmer by himself. Um, his only son that he had strapped up enough money to send a little boy off to college. And there he was by himself with one horse trying to plow a field. And that's the only way he's made his money. So as he's plowing his field one day, for no reason, the horse just shakes the little thing off of him. And before the farmer could reach the horse, the horse had just jumped the fence and ran away. Just that old farmer then by himself and all the neighbors came by and they looked at the poor farmer and they simply said, "Ooh, God must be mad at you. And the farmer simply said, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Well, The farmer went back to that field, just towing by himself and neighbors walking by, just laughing at him. All of a sudden, his horse comes back with 20 wild horses behind it. They all go right into the farmer's little bin there. The farmer goes over and closes the thing up 
And now he has 21 horses. The neighbors come by and they're in shock. You're probably now the richest man in in this whole town. God must really be happy with you. He says, I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Well, the farmer's son comes back home and says, Dad, I just had to drop out of college. Once again, the neighbors came by. Look at you. You're a disgrace. Your son, you sent away to college. Now he's back. God must really be mad at you. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Well, one day his son was out there trying to tame one of those wild horses. And he fell off and broke his leg and arm. Well, the neighbors came by and you can imagine what they said. God must be mad at you. And the farmer said once again, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. And about that time, World War I broke out. They came to that town and they recruited every single able young man and brought them to the front lines. Every eligible young man was killed within two weeks. Only one person that they didn't bring up from that town, and it was the farmer's son who had broke his leg and his arm. And as a result of that, they said, well, you know, we can't recruit you. You just have to stay here. And so all the village people went back to the farmer again. God must really be happy with you. He said, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. You see, what this farmer had discovered is that learning to give thanks to God cannot be about emotions. It can't just be when things are going good or things are going, you can't base it on that. That you have to learn to trust God in all circumstances. In fact, if there is a secret to the question that I started with, learning to give thanks to God anyway, that is it. The secret is this. Trusting God. That's what it all boils down to. Learning to trust him. Because it's easy if you just judge it off of what's going on and how you feel. And, and you, oh yeah, there's a lot of things you can get angry with God about. Because life isn't fair. And any preacher who tells you differently, they're lying. Let me just tell you that. There are going to be ups in life. There's going to be down in life. You're going to have great moments. You're going to be so happy. You're going to have sad moments. But the thing that you have to learn to do is to trust him in all circumstances. Trust him in the good. Trust him in the bad. A few weeks ago, y'all gave me a plaque for Pastor's Appreciation Day. Thank you. And had my favorite Bible text on. I would just like to end with sharing that text with you. Jeremiah chapter 29 Verse 11. Notice what it says. And one day I would love to give you the background of this text. But it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you. And if you were to really look at that word prosper in the Hebrew, it's to take care of, it's to have your back. To make sure that, 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 that no matter what happens, I'm there, I'm around you, I'm going to take care of you. It goes on to say, not to harm you. And he has to tell us that because the enemy will constantly try to convince you that circumstances are happening because of you. Circumstances are happening because you're not good enough. Or God doesn't love you anymore. Or he's doing that. And that's not true. God has your back. Trust him. He sees the future. And it's okay to say, Lord, I don't trust you right now. This is hard. I don't understand. And just be honest with him. Lord, I need a sign from you right now. I'm at the end of my rope. And you will see that this verse will become a fulfillment. To prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Do I still miss my sister? Yes. Do I miss my brother? Yes. Are there times where I get angry with God because of it? Yes. But do I try to trust him anyway? Yes. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.